Okay, America, what the fuck is going on? You had one job, one job only. Go to the polls, put an X or fill in a circle on the ballot and count the ballots. Why do you have to make things so difficult? I'm not saying that all the ballots can be counted and has ever been counted on election night, but let's be honest. We typically have a declared winner on the night, even if it is in the very early hours of the morning. Hell, even in 2016, Hillary got the bad news on the same night. So why did you have to put the entire country, nay, the entire world through an emotional ringer until 11.24 a.m. on Saturday, the 7th of November, 2020, to finally enable the decision test to call the election. Even then, the margin of victory in Pennsylvania was only, a, only points of a percentage difference. You are a cruel mistress, Lady Liberty. But I have to say that even though it took longer and there were murmurs of mishandlings of some votes in some states. The election boards did a pretty good job of trying to keep everyone informed based on the restrictions they had uh, before they could even touch the ballots in some cases. And that is where the majority of frustrations came from all sides. As the general election approached, we heard how states were trying to get rules in place and whether to allow mail-in ballots and then how to handle them. It was in this part of the process that a lot of states fucked up royally. Here they could have made provisions to allow the elections boards to start canvassing the ballots prior to election day, meaning that they could actually start to open them and prepare them for counting on election day. But no, in the case of Pennsylvania, as an example, they couldn't touch them until election day, which meant they were already behind the eight ball. In fact, some states insisted that the mail-in ballots couldn't be counted until after the election day ballots were counted, which put those states more than a day behind anyone else. This presidential election will go down in history as the most participated in election in United States history. Biden received more ballots than any any other presidential candidate in the history of the United States. And as of Sunday, the 8th of November, Biden has received 75,215,986 votes, which equates to 50.6% of the total vote. And to top that, Trump has won more ballots than any, any, other second place candidate for president of the United States with a total of 70,812,803 votes. So this is, an, uh, this is an amazing achievement and both sides have to be given credit for getting their constituents out to the ballot. The anticipation of the results were numbing and spellbinding in the sense that it seemed that the whole world stopped and waited patiently for the answer. Did my candidate win? There were a few small protests for, from the Trump side, but nothing like it was feared. But at 11.24 a.m. on Saturday, when the election was finally called, 
It didn't take long for the streets throughout the United States and in some cities around the world to fill with an eruption of joy. People, people openly wept at the thought of a Biden-Harris administration. People of color, and particularly women of color around the world, stood in amazement, knowing that the glass ceiling had finally been smashed by having the first female woman of color sitting as Vice President of the United States. And for Joe Biden, it was a full circle moment for him, knowing that 48 years earlier to the day, he had been declared victorious in the tight race for the Senate and became the youngest person elected to the Senate at that time. And now he was going to become, 48 years later, the oldest person to be elected president of the United States in yet another tight race. When you compared the throngs of people who took the street this year compared to the same time four years ago after Trump was first elected, the difference was again very striking. Last time, it was in protest that a man of that character could be elected as president and that decency and respect for people who are different could be dismissed. This election, we see the celebration of hope and joy that respect and decency is going to be restored, not only in the White House, but to the entire United States and by proxy to the countries of the world. This election showed that decency counts and those who are less fortunate need to be considered as essential to the economic growth formula if things are going to get better. The acceptance speeches last night are done despite not having had a concession speech or recognition of the loss from the incumbent. So this signals that things are not over quite yet. So. Where are we going from here? If you're in the Biden camp, starting Monday, the COVID task force is going to be revealed along with plans and how they will start to get a plan together to get the pandemic under control. And you'll start to hear some of the White House transition teams that will be selected to try to work on the transfer of power. Things that should normally happen. And if you're in the Trump camp, it's going to be a bit of a different path. Starting Monday, you're going to start to hear the legal battles that are going to happen in several states that will try to prove widespread mishandling of ballots and demanding recounts. There will be no invitation to the White House from the incumbent to the president-elect, as, as has been the tradition. Instead, there will be basis claims of mistrust and conspiracies that Trump is hoping will incite mistrust in the process and provoke more court cases and protests. Some might work, but the path is narrow and long for this president to try to eke out a win. The next steps that need to happen to make this election final is to have all the states certify the election and get the board of electors selected by the 8th of December. So they can meet and cast the official votes on the 11th of December, 2020. What Trump will try to do is sow enough legal challenges and disruption in as many states as he can that could prevent the states from electing their electors in time for the certification vote on December the 11th. Now, I don't think it'll work, but he will try, try it if he feels he can do it, just to 
just to justify his claim of his election being stole from him. The bottom line is that unless Mr. Trump's White House staff, his family, and the Republican Party starts to show him that he has little chance of winning, even if one or two states' results change slightly, and that the result will be the same. Therefore, all this legal wrangling and political turmoil and uncertainty is going to only hurt his brand. We're going to be in the last and hopefully final show of how low a person can go in order to retain power. More importantly, Trump will go out of office as an example of how de democracy will always win over despots in the United States. Once the battle for the electoral votes is done on December 11th, the final battle of the election will occur again in Georgia, where Biden has transformed that state from red to blue. The overall story of this election is that people have voted overwhelmingly to dump Trump to begin to put the nation back on a path of decency. However, the underlying story of the Republican wins has not been told as much as they should be, because this is going to decide how Biden will be able to govern going forward. The overall election results shows that even though the people voted Trump out, they also voted all the Republican senators back in with the exception of the two Senate seats that need to be decided by runoff election on the 5th of January 2021. And the huge success of the Republicans had in the House of Representatives hasn't been really told. In the House elections, not only did no Republicans lose their seat, they gained several House seats to narrow the majority Nancy Pelosi had when, when they started. And this can be and will likely be viewed as a defeat for Pelosi and could put her in jeopardy of losing the speakership once everything's settled. She had a, a battle four years ago to win the speakership and the fact that she lost seats in what could be widely seen as a democratic rebuke of Trump, she just didn't instill enough confidence to keep the House majority. She's likely going to be in a battle against the progressives in the House and may not survive it. Although, personally, I don't know who has the political savvy she has to govern over a politically mixed legislative assembly in the same way. <clears throat> but the final battle will continue will be the control of the Senate. Uh, currently, the Republicans have 48 seats and the Democrats have 46 with the two independents for a total of 48 as well. North Carolina and Alaska Senate races have Republicans leading in which, uh, if they go red, the Republicans will have 50 to 48, which leaves the two Senate seats in Georgia to be decided in January. If the Republicans get one of the two seats in Georgia, they control the Senate, and this will make governing the new administration uh, more difficult with Mitch McConnell still in control of what can get passed into law. This means health care, the con confirmation of the new cabinet, judges will be held up, and we are back to the old tricks he was playing when Obama was president. So the Democrats have to pull out all the stops between now and the 5th of January to get the Democratic votes for those two Senate seats out. If they win both, the Senate becomes 50 seats each for both parties, and then Kamala Harris will be the deciding vote cast in all tied votes in the Senate.
And the only other time in U.S. history the Senate was tied like that would have been back in 2001 until November 2003, where Democrats and Republicans flipped a few times. Uh, so, needless to say, the remnants of a tumultuous 2020 will spill over into early 2021 before we know how the United States will be governed. So with all that in mind, I hope everyone continues to stay calm and be patient. Last week when I stated in my podcast that this was going to be one of the most important and memorable elections of all times, this is exactly proving to be right. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who are hurting because of the results. So I think it's important to remember that democracy is not always pretty and glamorous. It's a tough game and personal feelings don't count for much during the fight. But I would hope that when the smoke clears, the feelings of those who won will be one of compassion for those who feel the way they did four years ago and guide your words and actions accordingly. Remember that the idea of the perfect union is progress towards it, and this election is just another step towards that goal. In the words of the French essayist Joseph Jobert, the aim of argument or of discussion should not be victory, but progress. Until next time, cheers.